This episode of Unreasonable Down is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people in the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. And that's so important, especially in the airport. You got multiple bags, bringing them into the airport. It's nice to have that hookup system to put the small bag with the big bag so you're not flailing around. You have your hands ready to go. DB is making it happen. And I'm teaming up with DB to exclusively offer my listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10, P-O-D-1-0, or going to the link in my show notes. DB! It's time to move on. Time to get going. I'm not going to raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drank your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt podcast about West Virginia University basketball starts now. Boy, that really escalated quickly. Lots of moving parts. Hello from the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Off-season episode 19. The Bigger 12, the actual Big 12, the Big Actual 12, the we kind of have 14 possibly for a minute, whatever you want to call it. It just seems like yesterday that we found out that Texas, Texas and Oklahoma are bailing the Big 12 to go to the SEC. Then you have the Alliance. We talked about the alliance. The Big 12 made their announcement today. Their addition to realignment. Hey, everybody, the moment you've all been waiting for, we're adding four schools. We're not adding two replacement schools. We're adding four schools, and we may add more. But today, we're inviting four, and they've accepted. And so here's the four as of today. Coming into the fold, the good news, two Eastern Standard Time schools, our old friends from the Big from the big East for a minute, the Cincinnati Bearcats. So that's like a, Ohio borders West Virginia, and it's Eastern Time Zone. That's fantastic. Also, the University of Central Florida – Golden Knights, not a great basketball school, but they've won, they say they've won a national championship in football. Who am I to say they haven't? And they're in the Eastern time zone. They're in, they're in Orlando. How exciting. Go see a UCF game, swing by and see Mickey and the gang, then Harry Potter or whatever. Texas team, Texas school, University of Houston, the Cougars, 
they they play football and basketball. <laughs> the city of Houston loves their University of Houston Cougars, right? And then the fourth one is the real, you know, it makes the word big and Big 12 really mean something because we're going from Orlando, Florida with UCF all the way to Provo, Utah with the addition of Brigham Young University. We're going double Cougars on this expansion. And so it's <laughs> from Morgantown to Provo is 1,900 miles on a drive. <laughs> and nobody's going to drive that. But if you wanted to, it's 1,900 miles. Like you got, you got to do an oil change somewhere in the round trip if you're using <laughs> if you're not using synthetic oil right so that's a that's a that's a big distance basically you know if you walk into the big 12 office and bob bowlsby greets you and i picture bob bowlsby having a globe at his desk and you're like hey bob tell me who you know tell me what schools are in the big 12 he would go to the globe right and he would have to the the conference geographical footprint now he'd have to turn the globe a little bit that's how big the big 12 is now we're going from orlando florida to the mountain time zone <laughs> i mean we're two states away from the pacific ocean okay that's where we're at with the Big 12, which is weird. It's definitely weird. But those are the four schools. Bob Huggins, you know he talks about travel. So you've got kind of a you've got a net win here with travel when we're talking about basketball, in that one of your road trips when the dust settles is going to be at Cincinnati. And that replaces, let's just in theory says it replaces going to Austin or going to Norman, Oklahoma. Okay. So that's geographically, that's a win. Central Florida, it's not, you know, that's not a short drive. It, you can get a direct flight to Orlando from Charleston, my understanding. And then, and so that's not too bad. The important part of that is coming back, you don't lose an hour because you're staying in the same time zone. So that's a that's a net win. And then you've got Utah, right? <laughs> so that's that's not a win geographically. But you gain two Eastern Standard Time schools. And then also basketball-wise, I think, you know, three of these four schools have a strong basketball history. And you know, three of these schools have a pretty good record recently but long term i mean brigham young you you think about jimmer for dead they were in they gave gonzaga a run for their money in the in their conference championship last year or last season and uh you, you go back to danny ainge like byu has been good at basketball houston they've been good recently Houston got to the Elite Eight, 
before getting getting thumped by Baylor. But you go back, Phi Slamma Jamma, Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, Cincinnati, we obviously have the connection. Big East with Cincinnati also. Of course, Bob Huggins coaches Cincinnati. And Bob Huggins took Cincinnati to a Final Four. Mick Cronin had a good run at Cincinnati. The current guy kind of going the opposite direction. But Cincinnati has proven over a long period of time that they can be a really good college basketball team. Nick Van Exel, Kenyon Martin, Eric Martin, no relation to Kenyon Martin, the Bob Hawkins connection. And then again, like Central Florida, you can't speak to their basketball history, but they do have a card. Like the two cards that I think of with Central Florida, with UCF, number one, they claim a football national championship, which is such a bold move. And you can't really argue with them, really. They have sound judgment on, you know, but you make your own trophy. It's kind of bizarre. And then on the basketball side, the thing I think about with UCF is that they have the Taco Fall card, one of the most beloved basketball players in recent history. Taco Fall played at UCF. And so, and I, who doesn't like Taco Fall? Who doesn't like Taco Fall? I believe WVU played UCF when they had Taco. So it's uh, so we have that history, but not a basketball school, UCF, and have not proven that they can be a basketball school. So that's the they, and they can prove everybody wrong, but they become the the first real weak link conference-wise in basketball. Like, they're the DePaul of the Big 12. And they can change that, but their their short history speaks to a DePaul. Like, DePaul's got a better long-term history than UCF. Like, they just don't have a history. Uh, But again, the getting closer, having two schools – in your same time zone. Like that's a win for WVU. And, uh, but again, the part I don't like is the whole, Hey, you know, I want to, I want WVU to be in a conference where every school within the conference from Morgantown, you can drive to that school and get there within 24 hours. (laughs) And with the addition of BYU, you can't do that. Like you want to get you want to get Elon Musk on the phone and say, hey, can you do like a Big 12 super loop? What you know, work on the technology, Elon, because we got to get from Orlando to Utah in a short amount of time. And I know you're working on it already, but can can you can you figure that one out? <laughs> get the Golden Knights back to Orlando, you know. Uh, like quicker. I mean, I, I don't know why that's bugging me. It's just bugging me. That shouldn't be a conference, right? I mean, and if you're going to go the opposite way, if you're going to zig where everybody else is zagging, then go all the way big. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this on the internet. 
I'm asking, you know, hey, let's add Hawaii. If we're going to go big, if we're, if we're already turning the globe, call University of Hawaii, get them in. Get, let's start a Hawaii-UCF rivalry. And, hey, do they, do they play sports at Oxford? Does Cambridge have a basketball team? Let's go across the Atlantic Ocean. Let's really, instead of just like a, a slight turn of the globe, let's, let's put a spin of the globe in play as far as the conference geographical footprint. If we're, if we're going to go big, let's go big, right? So, you know, and what does this mean for WVU long-term? It doesn't mean that they don't, you know, their ear needs to stay to the street, right? This addition of four schools is, I would argue, better than the American Conference, the American Athletic Conference, I don't know what you call them, like absorbing Big 12 schools. That, that would be not good. So of those two options, uh, poaching <laughs> three teams from the American Conference and BYU, that's, that's the better of those two things. But if this is about money, you still, as WVU, the people in charge of this, they got to keep their ears to the street. Does the SEC call? Or, you know, okay, the SEC doesn't call schools. Schools call them. So you should call SEC. You should call the ACC. You know, see what happens. Long term, I mean, the the fact is, now you're in a conference with a school from Utah. And while you have two Eastern Standard Time schools in your conference now, the majority of the schools are not in the Eastern time zone. Okay. So that's like, that's still a thing. That's not ideal, but they, you got to follow the money and keep your ear to the street to see where the money's at and go where the money is. That's how this stuff works. And so, you know, you gotta, you gotta expect, all right, the American athletic conference, they're going to be poaching, you know, now, now Coastal Carolina moves up to the American, right? Then the Sun Belt starts calling. Everybody's calling. And we're going to do musical chairs again. And uh, we'll just keep on going. But WVU, not the worst outcome, not the best outcome. Um, and let's see what the money looks like when this grant of rights deal ends in 2025. As WVU is keeping their ear to the street, my only recommendation is that if you hear in a conference call something about South Florida, or if you're you know looking around to see what the best avenue is, and you and you peek around the corner and you see a green and gold bull, then whatever whatever conference you're in at that point, you've got to exit immediately. You've got you've got to eject. South Florida has fallen off so far from their glorious, quick, flash-in-the-pan Big East run that they had. Uh, it's just not happening. There is, it's, it's a ghost town of South Florida. And so, but they're in, you know, they're in South Florida. They're in, like, 
there's a market there, right? For Miami or Tampa or whatever. So, uh, but if you see them or hear their name, you got to get out. <laughs> Start a new conference, join the Atlantic Sun, whatever you got to do. Get out if South Florida peaks, peaks around the corner. So I guess this is so it's good for WVU and we'll see how long it's good for them until it's not good for them. And all it takes, as we know, is a conference uh, that makes more money to call. It doesn't they don't even have to call WVU, but somebody accepts an invitation, then that conference is looking to fill gaps. At least the Big 12 said we're adding these four and we're not against adding more. So that at least uh, that seems more transparent versus the other conferences saying, no, we'll, we're good. We're good right now, which I take as we're good until we tell you that is that, is, that we're not good. And, and if you're a Brigham Young, if you're a Houston coming into this conference, how good can you feel about feeling like this is going to be something that lasts? given the nature of how you come to the conference. <laughs> I guess you feel good when the contract is signed for the money. But until then, so it goes. What are you going to do? Anyways, realignment, it moves fast, but not fast enough to get to, <laughs> to get to Provo, Utah within a 24-hour drive. You can't even smoke in the band at that in 24 hours. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Summer's almost here, and you know what that means. Embroidery. I don't know if embroidery has anything to do with summer, but Dyer Prime knows about embroidery, and they can help you with your embroidery needs. Embroider a hat, embroider a polo, embroider a t-shirt. Think of something that needs embroidered. Dyer Prime can do that for you. Start your summer off with embroidery with Dyer Prime, 304-767-4445. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. We're two months out from college basketball. And so in the offseason, I do player profiles. The next player profile, senior guard Kedrian Johnson, senior guard who could come back for another year because COVID. He's 6'3", he's from Texas. Now, going back the last offseason, our friend John Rothstein, everybody's college basketball friend John Rothstein, in his top whatever, I forget the number, it's more than 25 and it's less than 200. He gives his rankings, West Virginia was in his rankings, with each school he was listing who was going to be contributing projected starters. If you can remember, before last year, John had Kedrian Johnson as a starter for last season's WVU team. 
And that didn't happen. Like, Kedrian did not start any games. He played 26 of WVU's 29 games, and he averaged seven minutes a game. First year with WVU, did not find his footing. You go through the box scores, and if you go from memory from what Kedrian did last season for WVU, a lot of zeros. I'm just telling you, that's I'm not disparaging. I'm just saying a lot of played four minutes, didn't score for Kedrian. First year, right? He scored in nine of his 26 games, to give you an idea of his offensive output. Defensively, he showed much better. But Kedrian came into a situation where he was behind Deuce, as far as guards. He was behind Deuce. He was behind Taz. He was behind Sean McNeil. He was behind Jordan McCabe. So he was like the the fifth guard. And so he played fifth guard minutes on a team that doesn't press, which is ends up being seven minutes a game. Now, all that being said, so not a big contribution in his first season. On the flip side, he has a game. There was a Kedrian Johnson game last season. And a, or a Kedrian Johnson half of a game. And that was the, the game in Stillwater at Oklahoma State. Kedrian Johnson helped change the energy of that game, helped West Virginia overcome a big deficit to win that game in Stillwater. Like that's the Kedrian Johnson game. He played 25 minutes that night. He scored nine points. He had five assists. His defensive energy, it helped everybody and got them back into the game and helped WVU win that game. So bunch of zeros, but also you can say he had a game. And even better, he had a game and it wasn't, it was on the road. Yes, COVID, but still road game is where he had his game. So he has that. That's what I'm holding on to going into this season. And so what are the needs this year? Well, Jordan McCabe's gone. Deuce McBride is gone. Malik Curry in. Two freshman guards in. You would think Kedrian Johnson has an opportunity to move up and contribute more in minutes in production And I hope he's worked on his handles because the gap I see and what he can fill is being a playing point guard, like being a guy who can bring the ball down the court. You don't have to be spectacular. It's not like, you know, Huggins will use, you don't have to be a natural point guard. We just need somebody to bring the ball down the court. Malik Curry is not playing 40 minutes a game. So be his backup, or be like he was last year, be a third guard, be on the floor with Taz and Sean McNeil, right? Keep your defense where it's at and keep making open shots. I mean, he only shot 10 threes. He made four of them. So he was a 40% three-point shooter, which is really good. 40% is good. But if he... Matter of fact, if Kedrian Johnson can step up his defense, he can he can get time by being the 
defensive specialist locking down the other team's best guard. And this is the part, and it's like, it's something that is actually in my contract with myself as far as doing this podcast and doing player profiles. I am obligated to to talk into this microphone about year two of junior college transfers that come into WVU. Year one is what it is. And then year two, you see a big jump in production and see a big production boost and minutes boost. Year two, uh, you you know, like math, you know how math works. Year two is greater than year one. Like, Year two, like the the carrot looking thing, the 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 broad side of that, it, it eats the the second year. It's greater than, and so he's going to be better. History says that. I feel confident saying that. I'm obligated to say that. I think he's the most. I'm gonna, with confidence, I'm gonna say that Kedrian Johnson is the most important role player on this team. Because we have this unknown point guard situation. He's got an opportunity to, he's not, I don't think he's going to be a starter. Maybe. I guess there's a possibility if Huggins goes with loyalty and guys who's been here, he starts Kedrian Johnson over Malik Curry. That's possible. I think Malik Curry is the only true point guard. And thus, I think he'll, I think, in my heart of hearts, he's going to get the start. But even if he doesn't start, he's going to get substantial minutes. He's going to average more than seven minutes a game this season. And if he can make open shots and crank it up even just a little bit more defensively, because I I don't know what Malik Curry in the Big 12 is going to be defensively. His stats look pretty good, but they're in Conference USA. Kedria Johnson can be the best defensive guard on this roster and might be. And so that role is needed. And so how well Kedrian Johnson does that and holds on to the ball and gives some point guard minutes, I think if his jump is big – then that bodes well for this team. And then maybe we get another year of Kedrian Johnson. Who knows? But for this season, I'm intrigued by what Kedrian Johnson is going to bring to the table because in theory, he fills a hole that is there. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. On Twitter at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. I'm so glad this is a basketball podcast. 
and that I focus just on basketball. Football. The swings, the swings and emotions with football and a football season, especially being a WVU football follower. There's only 12 games. If you're lucky, you play 13. If you're luckier than that, you play 14. And if you're really lucky or you're Alabama, you play 15 games. And so it's not like college basketball where there's 30-some games and nobody expects you to go undefeated. So WVU goes to Maryland and loses a game they could have won. And the sky is falling. The disappointment looms large. Because that's a game, speaking of geography, West Virginia rode a bus to College Park. The best they can do now is 11 and 1, and they're not going to go 11 and 1. So it's just like, I don't like it when West Virginia loses. I'd never expect them to go undefeated. And not that the expectations for WVU football was that they were going to go undefeated. It's just when you lose and you lose to Maryland, apparently on the road. Oh, man, it's where's the backup quarterback? Where uh, can we, you know, the, Neil Brown, he, he does hashtag trust the climb. And when you lose your first game of the year, <laughs> people are not inclined to trust the climb. In basketball, when, when WVU, WVU loses, what peaks its head every once in a while is like, has the game passed Huggins by? <laughs> you get that in like a three-game losing streak or the year <laughs> the year where guys got kicked off the team and you and you end your season losing at home to Coastal Carolina by like a million. Then it's like, has the game passed Huggins by? And then you blame the refs. I don't know if there's a lot of ref blaming in the football game. It's just, it it really is like, it really is bad. <laughs> and there's so many less chances. I guess what I'm saying is, I'm glad that I care about a sport where, not that you, again, you don't want to lose, but it's not, <laughs> it's not the sky is falling if you lose, unless you lose the Monmouth. Now, that's a good one. If you lose the Monmouth, you're in trouble. I think that's a that's a that's a rule to live by. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms, or just pick one: Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Amazon Podcast, Google Podcast, Castbox. Hit the follow button. If it still says subscribe, hit that button. That helps the podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2021-2022 season. They're zero and zero.